Welcome to Fun is Fundamental. Fun is Fundamental is a podcast for those who realize that the enjoyment of life is about having something deep in our souls which lights our fire. It's for those who maybe have lost that fire and feel like they are missing out on the pleasures of life. In each episode, I will share recent fun activities and focus on why having fun is essential for good health. I'm your host, Alenia, and I invite you to take this journey with me and join the pleasure-seeking movement. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today? Oh, great. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Can you, I guess, first tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, uh, I am a speaker and author of uh, recently published my book. It's called Happily Ever Habits. And so I talk with groups and, and work with individuals on identifying habits that will help us be happier and more fulfilled in our life, as well as a focus on being more productive or successful within your uh, career life as well. And I live in Idaho and uh, live here with my wife and many children. We have seven kids, so we stay very, very busy. Uh, it is uh, constantly running here and there and everywhere. So yeah, I, I kind of found for myself that with everything that goes on in the world around us and with all of the demands that having a few key habits that are specifically and intentionally designed to help us focus on happiness makes a big difference because there, there's so much pulling on us, so many opportunities kind of for negativity to start creeping in that being intentionally focused on happiness is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious, how old are your kids? Oh, my oldest is 20. My youngest is 10. Okay. So yeah, we have seven. Uh, and right now they kind of all line up. So we have a 20 year old, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, and 10. So, so it's all like teenage preteen oh my gosh yes (laughs) all of those things and uh lots of fun and excitement with uh sports and activities and school and and everything else so yeah yeah i'm sure juggling all that uh, can be a little difficult sometimes (laughs) uh yeah yeah and and uh, always something going on if there's a night where we like last night i got home and we didn't have anything scheduled. I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. How do we not have <laughs> an activity or a sporting event or a concert or uh, something to do? It was strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how did you get started with the happiness habits? I have done a lot of work over a couple of decades on sales and leadership development. That's kind of where my focus has been in my career. And so I had done a lot of study around habits. There's great books out there. Many of your listeners, many of your audience have probably heard of or picked up. There's The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, Tiny Habits by VJ Fogg, Atomic Habits by James Clare is a very popular one. Mm-hmm. And I've read all of them and think they're great. And But what I found was, is particularly as I was getting a little bit older, I had been so focused on some key aspects in my life, things that I thought were going to bring happiness. And I was working hard on building a career, building a family, um, surrounding myself with some comfortable things like a nice house and good cars and all of those things. And what was strange was, is that my life, I kind of talk about it being a sunset. It just seemed to be getting a little bit darker 
and darker and less happy. And I felt less fulfilled despite the fact that I was surrounded with everything that I had worked so hard to acquire. Uh, and I'll never forget one morning I, I woke up in my nice bed and my nice house and, you know, everything seemed to be so great. It should have been so wonderful. And like many mornings, my feet flipped off the side of the bed. My feet hit the carpet. And I thought, oh my gosh, I do not want to do today. I just, the the things I needed to do, the work that I needed to do, the interactions, I, it was, everything was negative. I just, I just do not want to do today. And all of a sudden something clicked and I thought, why do I keep living this way? I'm, I'm only in my forties, you know, best case scenario, I got 30 or 40 more years to live. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do for the next 30 or 40 years is dread every day. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I took the same things I had learned and I'd been teaching for 20 years about habit development, habit creation, successful patterns of life, um, building success through sales and leadership uh, in, in being consistent in certain behaviors. And I thought, man, if I took those same things and applied them to things like being more grateful, having a better mindset, having more positive thoughts, getting some positive movement going in my day, um, learning every single day, striving to be a person of integrity and humility, then those things would bring me happiness because those are the times and places and events that I'm engaged in that tend to bring me the most happiness. When I'm helping somebody, I tend to be happier. When I'm being generous, when I'm being kind, when I'm in a positive mindset, I tend to be happier. And so I start took the same lessons I had learned from all these other great books and just applied them to the concept of, okay, how do I develop happiness? How do I develop um, fulfillment? And it's interesting because I do these things because I so consistently feel sort of a, a maybe a downward pull, maybe that that kind of darkness uh, and slipping into patterns of unhappiness or, or a lack of fulfillment coming on. And this is what for me helps me kind of keep it at bay and maintain a level of of positive emotion and, and forward moving happiness that makes a lot of difference. So it's not that I'm like this incredibly happy person. It's that because I know myself well enough, I know that I need these things in order to maintain that happiness. Mm, yeah. So like, what are some, some like habits that someone could have that would make them happier? Cause like, like it, it uh, you're talking about like kind of these things to, that you value and like mm -hmm. everyone's like, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I hear, it. but it's like, how, how does one break that down into like, yeah. <laughs> well, that was some of the um, interesting thing for me was that, as I started working on some of these habits, um, none of them are things that I had, I hadn't heard before. I didn't go out and research and find something. I was like, Oh my gosh, I've never heard that before. Like the first one that always comes up. If you do any type of research around happiness, the first, one of the first ones that will come up is writing down things that you're grateful for. And there's a reason for this, but right here, I have my gratitude journal and boom, I can write down every morning. I write down three things that I'm grateful for. Now I knew that I had heard that this wasn't the first time that I had been told. If you write down things that you're grateful for, there's a reason one, it puts you into a better mindset because now instead of waking up every morning thinking, Oh my gosh, I don't want to do today. The first thing I think of every morning is what am I most excited about today? 
And I will start my day often by looking or end my night by looking at my agenda, my calendar for the next day. And the question that's on my mind is what am I most excited about tomorrow? Uh, and for today, one of them was doing this. This was, this is so fun. I love doing this. So, but the question isn't, okay, what do I need to do for me? It wasn't, what do I need to do? Cause I knew many of them. It was, how do I start and stick to it? Um, but gratitude journaling is a big one. Body movement is a big one. We tend to feel a little bit happier and some of it is physiological. There are chemicals released in your brain that help you feel better when you move your body. So for me, just getting up and having some level of movement, but I'm only talking about five to 10 minutes in the morning. I do try to work out somewhere between 20 to 30 minutes every day, but on a morning where I wake up and I'm like, oh man, I am not feeling it today. I know if I can just move my body for five or 10 minutes, it makes a big difference. Um, it's a tough habit, but actually getting enough sleep, uh, impacts you. If, if you're a fan of, of the genre, you can go check out the happiness project, I think is what it's called. Another kind of habit and happiness book. This one's by Gretchen Rubin. Mm -hmm. Uh, and she spends one month on different ideas specifically designed to help her build her happiness. And the first one was getting enough sleep because she realized that when she's um, has enough sleep, then she feels better. Mm -hmm. uh, um, a lot of uh, people will practice mindfulness, whether that's meditation or uh, a prayer or some type of uh, time spent in quiet contemplation and meditation. Meditation, um, does have a lot of positive impact. And then I also just love to do things that you love to do. So as I've gotten older, I found that I just enjoy doing little woodworking projects. And so at any moment, you can walk into my garage. If you walked into my garage right now, you would see, and my wife is like, why do we have all of these weird scraps of wood just sitting here? I'm like, because <laughs> I'm working on my next project. And right now, in fact, right behind me, um, I don't think there will be a video to this, but, but there's these little benches that I'm working on building <laughs> because I just like doing it. And so when I have a little bit of spare time, rather than just sitting, watching TV or sitting, scrolling through, um, social media or whatever, I know I like reading. So I pick up a book. I like doing woodwork. So I'll just go do 20 minutes of just some random thing. Not because I'm ever going to make money off of it. I just like doing it. So just do something just because you love doing it. So, and and what I talk about most frequently with people and what we cover in the book, and, and we can talk a bit here is everyone's going to say, oh, well, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Okay. How do you do it consistently? How do you start and stick? That's yeah. the, that's the process. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, how how do you <laughs> so if you decided it like if you said okay all right i've heard that writing down things i'm grateful for oh i didn't mention this the other thing that writing down things that you're grateful for does is it opens you to notice if you write oh. down three things that you're grateful for pretty soon you start noticing things differently because you know that you're going to have to write down something you're grateful for. Like I, I created a prompt. I, I do an email every day where you get a prompt to write down three things that you're grateful for. And, and tomorrow, uh, you know, it's three things that you're grateful for that are happening this month. Well, all of a sudden you start looking at your month differently because you start saying, Oh, what is happening this month that I'm grateful for? 
what is going on this month that's kind of and, and so you start seeing things differently. You you do it in your day. If you write down three things that you're grateful for, it's like almost something will happen and you go, oh my gosh, I'm going to write about that tomorrow. When I write down my three things I'm grateful for, that's one of them. And you'll just start noticing more things to be grateful for. Um, but so the first thing is to start small. I just, it only takes me two minutes max. It's just quick. Uh, and And that's the key. Start small, whatever habit you want to develop. If it's gratitude journaling, if it's reading, if it's moving your body, if it's um, doing acts of service for somebody, no matter what the habit is, first thing is make it smaller. You want to be able to do it in, in no time. And this closes what I call the motivation gap. Sometimes when we want to make changes in our life, we feel very motivated and we're so excited. And yes, I'm going to make this change. Um, but we don't always feel motivated. Motivation is very fleeting. And so so then we wake up and we think, you know, or, or we go to bed thinking, okay, tomorrow I'm really, I'm going to get up. I'm going to read for 30 minutes and then, then you know, I'm going to exercise for 20 minutes and I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes. Mm, go way smaller, read a page, exercise for five minutes and meditate for, I don't know, five to 10. There's lots of great meditation apps and YouTube uh, channels and things out there, but but make it smaller. What that does is it builds momentum. Now I have the momentum of having done it. I start to identify as a person who does that. Are you a person who meditates? Yeah, I'm a person who meditates. Okay, then it makes it easier to meditate because oftentimes that's the first question we ask when we look at a behavior. It's almost subconscious. We We think of something and we think, am I the type of person who does that? Am I the type of person who eats this way? Am I the type of person who exercises? Am I the type of person who is a vegetarian? Am I the type of person who reads every day, right? We have a vision of ourselves, And so if we want to engage in a new behavior, you have to convince yourself that you are that type of person. By starting small, you build that momentum. Next thing is, is to make it easier. So for me, I write down in my gratitude journal every morning, and what what I did to make it easier was I changed the environment. I put my gratitude journal right here on my desk. I can reach out and touch it at any moment so that it's not hard to get to. If my gratitude journal is in my uh, nightstand and I'm sitting at my desk, I'm thinking, oh, I'm supposed to write my gratitude journal every morning. Oh my gosh, it's over my nightstand. I got to get up. I got to walk over to my bedroom. I got to open my nightstand. My wife's asleep. I'll probably wake her up. Then she's frustrated with me. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm gonna... And and so we make things that we want to do sometimes more difficult than they need to be by um, almost inadvertently crafting an environment that's not conducive to what we want. So make it easier. Change your environment. Put what you want right there. The other key that will make it so much easier to start and stick and much more likely and dramatically change your success rate is the concept of habit stacking, where you take something you want to do and tie it to something you're already doing. I had the great fortune and blessing of my wife deciding that we needed a dog. Uh, and so we bought a dog during covid that was our big COVID adventure was getting a dog and that dog has to go out every single morning. And at first I was a little bitter because I was like, why am I the one that always has to let the dang dog out? And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity that's been given to me to do something I have to do every single day. Let the dog out. 
and tie to it something I want to do, write my gratitude journal. I've always wanted to write my gratitude journal. And you'll find weird journals of mine scattered throughout the house with like two or three days of gratitude statements and then a six month break and then like three (laughs) days of gratitude statement. And then like two weeks later, one day, you know, but I'd never been consistent. Now I never miss because I know I let the dog out and boom, I sit down and I, it only takes me a minute or two write down. Okay. What great, you know, what am I grateful for that happened yesterday? Boom, boom, boom. I write down my three things and now I'm off and running and now I've built momentum around that. So I change the environment by putting my um, journal close, I habit stack. And then the last thing that we do is that we celebrate small wins. And so every day I write my gratitude journal and I just give myself a little bit of a, a flex or kind of a, yes, as yes, I wrote my gratitude. Yeah, I did it. I, I am doing, I'm doing this <laughs> and it feels so good. And now I'm feeling good about what I'm doing. I'm feeling good about what I'm accomplishing. And my brain kind of clicks in and says, oh yeah, that did feel good. I should do more of that. And because sometimes the habits that we want to start, sometimes we have inadvertently some negative feelings attached to it, whether it's like, you know, exercising, negative feelings attached to it, eating vegetables, negative feelings attached to it, flossing my teeth, negative feelings attached to it, uh, you know, writing in my gratitude journal, oh, I'm too tired, it's, you know, too hard, what I, you know. So you change the feeling associated with it by doing it and then celebrating. So I, you know, I like to read. I read my one page. If I read one page a day, that's my habit. One page every day. Cause I want to be a person who reads every day. Even if it's one page, I read my one page. Yes. Last night it was late at night. I sat down. I was like, I could, I need to go to bed. Okay. But I grabbed my book. I read like two pages and yes, got my two pages. And I said, honey, I'm going to bed, but I got my reading in. Cause I'm the type of person who reads and it makes a difference to continue to build that momentum. So starting and sticking, if you make it small, if you make it easy, and if you celebrate along the way, uh, your success rate will go way up. Yeah. I liked how you talked about like doing like woodworking and not uh, attaching it to like making money. Cause that's a, that's a problem that I feel like is happening so often. It's like, everyone's like, wow, like I have this hobby happening. You know, the hustle culture like has like made hobbies into everything has to be money making. (laughs) Yeah. And then I get stressed out because if I'm making this table, hoping to turn around and resell it, I'm not good at woodworking, to be honest. I don't do it because I'm great at it. I'm not very good. So I make a lot of mistakes. Like, you know, like it's not stained as well as it should be. Uh, Everything is not as perfectly square, as perfectly sanded as it should. Like if somebody were, if I were really trying to sell this, the the building process would be so frustrating because I'd I, I just don't have the skills to really build high quality furniture. That's okay. That's not why I'm doing it. I'm just doing it because it's fun. But as soon as you put the pressure and the stress of, I got to get this on Etsy, it takes all the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do, I turn around and sell most of them on Facebook marketplace, but I tend to sell them like for barely any money. I just, you know, take the money and turn around and buy a little bit more wood. Um, But I'm not trying to and the only reason I sell them is because otherwise I can only fit so many cute little tables in my house. <laughs> yeah. uh, I give them away if, 
you know, if that's a, like one table I built, I was pretty close to just like saying it's free for whoever wants it because it wasn't selling. I was like, but I I didn't care because as soon as I was done building it, I was done. Okay. I, I don't care if somebody buys it or not. I had so much fun building it that if somebody bought it, it was like immaterial, really. Uh, so the same thing, like if you like to play the piano, don't worry about being great at it. You're not trying to start a YouTube channel where you know, you get a million followers because you play beautiful piano music. You're just having fun with it. Yeah. Uh, but we've gotten away from that. Yeah, for sure. We don't spend a lot of time doing stuff just because it's fun because we feel like we got to be great at everything. Well, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. Just have fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of perfectionism in like, <laughs> like having a habit. It's like, well, I have to get good at this. <laughs> yeah. And then it's not fun anymore. No, just, just have fun. Yeah. What would you say are like your, the top five uh, habits that you you developed uh, that have has made the biggest impact on your on your happiness? The the morning routine is really crucial for me because I mentioned like I flipped my feet over the bed and I thought, oh, I don't want to do today. Switching that mindset was crucial. So the first habit that I would recommend is similar to that. That as the first thought, try to be intentional around the first thought that you have every morning. And for me, it's what am I most excited about today? That just changes everything. And then I get right into gratitude journaling, just jotting down quickly three things I'm grateful for. That habit makes a big difference because it, it just changes your approach to the day. And it does open up your mind to noticing things. There's a, there's a quote, I can't remember exactly who said it. Probably a lot of people have said it, but uh, when you notice what you are grateful for, you will suddenly notice that there's more to be grateful for because you just become more aware. It's They call it the new car phenomenon. Anytime you go buy a new car, all of a sudden you realize like everybody has that car. No, the same number of people had the car yesterday you just weren't, you just didn't notice it. You weren't aware of it. Same thing happens with gratitude. So first thought, gratitude journaling really makes a big difference. And for me, from a physical standpoint, two that make a big difference is, is I try to get eight to 16 ounces of water in early in the morning, get water in my system, helps with my physical, kind of how I feel in the morning. And then getting even as little as 10 minutes, you, you know, now the weather's a bit nicer and you can, and it's almost nicest in the morning, man, it, just get outside and walk around your block for five, 10 minutes The you'll notice a difference almost immediately in kind of just how you feel. So controlling that morning really makes a big difference um, of mindset movement and then starting to get some some momentum going on your day. You go outside, you walk around for a few minutes, and now boom, okay, I'm ready to get going on the day. That makes a big difference. Uh, so that's where I would start if someone said, "Man, where should I where should I start?" From there, it's really identifying some things that matter. I mentioned reading; that matters to me. Might not matter to many, you know, to be kind of a, a learner and, and enjoy books. But I've always enjoyed books. So, but just find something. I um, also try to do a handwritten thank you card once a week because that matters. To me. I just like doing it. I feel good when I do that. So I do it. I try to do 
my, I try to do an act of service every day, one small act of service for a member of my family every day. Cause I feel better when I'm being kind to somebody, but I don't want to make it huge. The, number one was start small. If it was like, you know, change the world by overcoming oppressive systems. I'd be like, what? I don't know how to do that, but I can just be nice. I can just do one small kind act for one member of my family and, and feel good about that. Now I do know that there's bigger social issues and things that we could all get involved in, but um, that's where it starts. So I, I, I would, everybody can start with their morning and then simply identify what matters, what feels good, what helps me intentionally feel better about myself at the end of the day, and then make it as small as possible. Craft your environment. I mentioned I like reading and and again, uh, without the video, but as we've been sitting here, I reached right out and I grabbed my gratitude journal and boom, there's my book that I'm reading right now. <laughs> and so, and and there's my thank you cards. I could reach over and grab my thank you cards. So at any moment throughout the day, three things that are important to me, gratitude journaling, reading, writing a thank you card. I don't have to take, I don't have to move at all. I can just sit right here and do all. <laughs> and so when I just have a, a spare minute, rather than again, getting sucked into YouTube or TikTok or social media or whatever, um, or or something less important. Boom, these things are important to me and boom, they're right here so I can be specific about it. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the uh, writing your book? Like what prompted that and how, how was that process for you? Yeah, uh, I don't know like why I decided to other than I guess I thought I wanted to. Um, it's, uh, I mentioned the other books and, and so the answer of, well, why do we need one more habit book? I will say it's shorter than others. So if you've taken a look at atomic habits and you're like, oh man, that seems a bit overwhelming or <laughs> power of habit is really good. And Charles Duhigg does an incredible amount of research, but it's kind of a researchy book. Um, you get wrapped up in some of the research stories of different studies and things. So if that's not really your thing, um, I think my book is uh, maybe a bit more approachable. It's shorter, it's quicker, and there's very specific action items to take at the end of every chapter. So it's a bit more, I'm a bit of a pragmatist. And so I just take it and say, okay, that's great. Just tell me what I need to do. And uh, that's what Happily Ever Habits tries to do. My The writing process I, I don't know how unique it is, but I'm a talker more than a writer. There's an app that I got. It's called Rev and it does audio recording and then transcription. So I would just go for walks, pop in my earbud. And I'm sure people around the neighborhood thought I was crazy, but that's, that's nothing new. And so I would just, I would have in my mind, okay, here's the content that I want to cover. And I would just go for a walk and talk it out get it was pretty inexpensive to do basic transcription and then uh i did work with an editor on kind of making it a bit uh, better you know spoken word versus written word there's some differences there and and i would get use phrases or language that you would probably use in speaking that you wouldn't necessarily use in writing so kind of cleaning that up a little bit but uh uh, yeah. Th so that was my process was talking it out. So if you, if you get freaked out by the thought of sitting down and trying to write something out, there are so many resources now for 
uh, audio transcription. I mean, even Word, you know, Microsoft Word now has um, a feature of dictate where it's pretty good on, on dictation, but I like to move. I like to talk and move at the same time. <laughs> so going for a walk was uh, helpful for me. But uh, yeah, in terms of why this book exists, I think it's a much more approachable and pragmatic um, approach. And if you read many habit books, primarily they're going to focus on things like eating your vegetables and exercising more or you know tracking your finances all of which are important mine is specifically to if you're feeling like man I should you know I should be happier but I'm not then this will help you identify the areas in which you can become intentional around happiness mm-hmm. also how do you like I know you like uh are trying to help other people uh, be become happier through their habits. What are some, some ways that you, you help other people? Yeah. So it's funny. My son came to me, he's 20, my oldest son. And he asked me the other day, he said, dad, what habit should I start? I said, well, it doesn't really work like that. The first questions that you need to ask are really introspection questions. And, and you, I go through this in the book. I also work with people one-on-one through, um, some one-on-one coaching with this type of thing, or when I speak to organizations, I go through this with them, is just taking a few minutes and identifying when do you feel like you've grown in your life? When did you feel like you were happy and fulfilled and and had significant purpose? Start identifying some times where you felt that way in your life and then start trying to find um, some common denominators in there. You know, what's funny is, is a lot of people, when we think about being happy, being fulfilled, it's oftentimes uh, through maybe our early 20s because there, there was so much purpose to our life. We were, you know, starting a career, maybe going through college, um, you know, struggling financially most often to make things work, but sort of figuring it out. And there was this growth and we felt like my life had purpose and meaning and man, I can do great things. And then what happens is, is oftentimes we then start just slipping into habits and patterns that are not necessarily growth habits and patterns. It's more like just, I'm just kind of maintaining, I'm just kind of floating along. It feels like so uh, you know, how can you continue to grow? How can you continue to um, stretch and push yourself a little bit to do things differently and to uh, become the type of person you want to become? So, you know, once you've once you've gotten past a certain level in your life, the the, the struggle is no longer a struggle of acquiring; it's a struggle of becoming who are you going to become as a human being? So that's what I I talk about with people is when have you felt this? When have you been fulfilled? When have you felt like you were growing? When have you felt times of happiness and joy? Who are the people that you feel happiness and joy around? What do you, what does that teach you about yourself? Those types of things. So it's where we start is introspection around, okay, what types of habits should I develop? 
Because once you identify what type, it's very easy. Make it small, make it easier, celebrate as you make progress. What's more difficult is, is what are the types of things I should be doing? Because so many of us have just slipped into a consistent pattern, often unintentionally. That was the crazy thing about COVID is it forced everybody to stop everything. All of a sudden you couldn't do anything. And then as we came out of COVID, so many of us kind of just picked up where we left off without taking the time to intentionally think like, should I be doing this? Do I want to do this? Is this bringing me happiness and value? Or, you know, should I stop that? And oftentimes it's not just adding more, adding more, adding more. It's really what, what things will I need to eliminate in order to purposefully make my life better for me? Um, I know that my life is different and better when I get good sleep. So I started taking a hard look at my night pattern. And what I noticed was, is that I would kind of start heading to bed somewhere around 10 o'clock, but never actually get to bed until 11. And so I started taking a hard look at that last hour and there was nothing of any value. It was like, uh, maybe watch a show or watch a couple of YouTube videos or scroll social media or play a silly game on my phone or something. It wasn't like I was doing anything of significant value, but it was, oh, I got to wind down. I got to, you know, I need to, I need to wind down, I need to calm my mind, you know? And then I found like, no, I just need to go in, lay down, go to bed. It's okay. You know? Okay. And so that really helped me, but it was through elimination of some things that I had been doing. And all of a sudden I found like, oh man, I feel better in the morning when I get an extra 30 to 45 minutes of sleep. It's crazy. So uh, yeah, it, it it always starts with some self-evaluation. All right. Um, I always like to ask all my guests, how do you define fun? Oh, that's a tough one. Defining fun. Um, I, I guess it's tied to maybe stuff that you would do even if there was no compensation for it. Like, yeah, I, I don't do woodworking because I'm making a bunch of money. I do it just because I like it. Uh, I'm also trying to learn the piano. I, I have an app, the piano teaching app, and I, you know, I'm pretty bad. I know how to play a couple of chords and a few notes, but I just do it just because it. I like to just sit down for 20 minutes at the piano and kind of plug away at it. So I, I do think though we get caught in traps where we, it's almost always the fact that growth is fun. Um, but we do things that don't force us to grow, you know, like the common one that we all think of, the common two maybe are uh, social media and TV. Like a lot of people say, yeah, it's fun to sit and watch a TV show. Okay. But you don't feel great. Like after you watch a TV show, it's not like you're like, oh my gosh, that was so fun. You just kind of feel like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. I, I I go sit down for 20 minutes at the piano and I leave and I'm like, man, that was kind of fun. I, you know, just learned how to do this thing. So I don't know for me personally, I don't know how universal that is. I wonder how, how your other guests answer and, and how universal it would be that fun almost always entails 
growth and learning and doing something of value, I suppose. Yeah, I don't like I feel like mo- most people haven't really brought that up. That's the thing. Like I feel like like people's definitions of fun like it, it's <laughs> it's so different. Like literally every I've had like had like 20 people on the on this podcast or maybe maybe a little bit more now. But every single answer has been different. Um but yeah, I like that you br- bring up the fact that you know the things that are truly fun, like challenge you in some way, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like, and it's not like just like something passive. I think like a lot of times people bring up things like flow, like if you can get yeah. like, get into flow, that's part of fun. Um, light lightness, you know, feelings yeah. of lightness. Um, yeah, it's compl- it's it's complicated. Yeah, the concept it's- of flow is an interesting one for me because you know they they say you know like you sit down you start doing something and 2 hours later it's like, you know, and I sit there and I think I don't know that I've ever had that or often had that happen where like all of a sudden it's like 2 hours later and I didn't even know the time passed. Maybe maybe I don't get into flow too often. But but there are things that I just it's just enjoyable while I'm doing it and and I guess, yeah, maybe it is me specifically that I enjoy kind of growth and learning and, and, and so though that type of thing is fun. Whereas I don't think that like, I mean, I, I watch a little TV, not a whole lot, but you know, it's fun to, it's, it's relaxing maybe, or it's enjoyable to sit and watch TV. But for me personally, I wouldn't call it fun just because, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's not fun. <laughs> Because fun should be like, oh my gosh, that was so fun. Yeah, I had a had a, a professor on who actually like studied, you know, the things that we love, basically. Mm. And he really talked about like where where fun ha- can happen in like things that are like more passive, like watching movie. It has to do like, you have to have like things that have to be like challenging enough and stimulating enough. And like, yeah. like there's just like this perfect like spot yeah. where it can maybe like cause like some sort of like growth in you, like of like, like it challenge your challengers, emo- your emotions or like how you think about something or something like that, but not, but a lot of things don't do that. A lot of things don't don't hit that perfect spot. Yeah, enough challenge where you feel growth, but not so much that you become frustrated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, but I think a lot of that is, you know, like I'll just go back to my woodworking. When I make mistakes, I get frustrated, but it's because I think I shouldn't make mistakes. Like I, I made a bad mistake on the last table that I built. I didn't pre-drill some holes. And so because of that, it, it, the, the screws didn't go in the way that they were supposed to. And I had to redo a bunch of work and took me extra time. And I was frustrated. And, but my expectation, I guess, would be that I should be like a master craftsman. I'm like, well, I've never done this before. So why would I think I would be good at it and mm-hmm. instantly know that? And I asked a friend of mine who is a master craftsman. I said, what should I do here? And he's like, oh, did you pre-drill the holes? No. 
now you know you probably should <laughs> so okay but it's still fun because i'm like okay next time i'll pre-drill holes but yeah you just have to have that expectation that it's okay uh to make mistakes it's okay to mess up it's okay to learn and grow and we i guess we sometimes slip into the difficult thinking that if it's not if we're not great at it or if we're not perfect at it then it's not fun Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, I also wonder, like, because you, 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 you've talked about like that you find like growth to be, um, part of fun, whereas other people haven't really men- mentioned that. I wonder <laughs> if it, it's something like about like personality types, like there's that, like, I think, isn't there like a seven, seven needs personality thing, oh, like yeah. tests. And like one of them, one of them is growth. So like for you, like you value growth and just, I mean, like we talk in this conversation, obviously we're talking a lot, a lot about that. What, what do you value? Yeah. And so maybe that's why that, that in particular is something that's fun for you is, is, yeah. is the growth. Which yeah. I think is critical, you know, back to our uh, previous conversation then, you know, I like to read and I, I do like to sit and plank away at the piano and do my woodworking. I don't, I got seven kids, not a single one of them's a reader. None of them, none of them like reading that. Oh, reading's terrible. It's weird. My 20 year old is now like coming to it. And, and now he's starting to like reading. So that's okay. Their habit shouldn't revolve around reading. Their habit should revolve around something else. Mm-hmm. So that's what I say. Don't necessarily take my habits. Um, I, I hesitate to tell people what habits to start other than the morning ones. Cause I do think like, get your mindset right in the morning, write down three things that you're grateful for, get some water in your body and move for a few minutes. Almost universally that will help you mm-hmm. from there. It's yeah. Wh- what do you enjoy doing? What does make you happy? What at the end of the day, if you did this thing every day, you'd go, Oh, today felt good. Cause I did that for me. It's, different than anybody else but mm-hmm. yeah for sure um i also like to ask people what their play personality is um there are eight play personalities according to the institute of play okay yeah um so i can let you know what they are and um and you can be more than one so like just if you're like oh that sounds like me you know. yeah um i've never heard of this before so this is fun for me see this is fun learning these things (laughs) uh the joker uh the kinesthetic competitor explorer creative storyteller director and collector I think out of those, it's funny because I, I'm pretty competitive, but I also have, it's funny as you look back on your life, I have an older brother who's eight years older than me. And I think he like beat the competitiveness out of me because he wasn't the older brother that would like, let me win anything ever. Never. I remember beating him one time at, at a game of pig and he was so mad. He drop kicked his basketball into the field across from our house. Like that's a core memory for me is beating my brother and him getting so mad. He drop kicks his basketball. And then somebody asked me, they said, did he then make you go climb into the cornfield and get it? And I was like, probably that's something my brother would do. 
so I think I lost like the, it's I feel like it's okay to lose because you know so I I think from those I think I would be the explorer it's funny because I think about this with my wife and eating out my wife there's like five restaurants my wife likes to eat at because she knows that all five of those exactly what she wants to order if if I had my way I would eat out at a different restaurant every time because I love to like try new things do something different uh you know, I, I get kind of a little bit bored with the same thing. So I think probably, uh, um, yeah, I like to do new things, try new things. And it's, it's funny because if you try something new and you're not good at it, it's okay because you weren't expected to be good. It's like new and different. So why would you think to be good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a good, good, good answer. Like you're like, <laughs> yeah, you know, just do, do new things. Yeah. Growing. <laughs> What's something that makes you laugh? Oh, um, yeah, I, my wife and I, we also have very different senses of humor. Uh, so I don't, I get myself in trouble sometimes because sometimes I deal with stressful situations with what I think are kind of funny jokes. And then it turns out that maybe it wasn't, the right time for a joke. Uh, but uh, it's when you say what makes you laugh, it almost like you kind of go to the TV shows that make you laugh or the movies that make you laugh. And I'm kind of a, everybody loves Raymond, uh, the office type. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up as a kid, like my, one of my favorite shows, strangely growing up was mash. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, that was hilarious. Uh, I, I love the show Psych. It's kind of a funny, you know, crime, light crime dr- dramedy type thing. So, um, yeah, those things. And then most often it's something silly my kids do or my wife does. Just, you know, one of them will do something uh, off the wall. And that's always, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. Where... What's been your, like, your best vacation? Oh, my goodness. I was fortunate when I graduated from high school, I had gotten an inheritance of a little bit of money from my grandparents passing away. And my high school art history teacher supplemented his income by taking groups of kids on a European art history tour. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so right after graduating from high school, I spent two weeks with a whole group of other high school kids, all kids that I knew going, we started in Italy, ended up in London, hit Italy, France, Switzerland, Germany, uh, and England. And it would be tough to top that. I was talking recently that, man, if I could go anywhere in the world for a week or two vacation, it would be to Italy. That was pretty awesome. But uh, we've also had the privilege of taking our kids on a family trip to Disneyland. That's pretty fun. I mean, you take seven kids to Disneyland, you're going to have fun. So, um yeah. When you went to Disneyland, did they did they agree on like 
what rights to cognitive things <laughs> somewhat yeah we I, we gave them some freedom and you know hey if you guys want to go off and do something different so at times we were a little surprised at how much they stuck around with us on the things that we were doing but there were times where you know yeah okay we're going to go off and do this ride most often it was me going on a ride with my youngest daughter and kind of the older kids saying you know we're not going to do um, I don't even know the name of it, but the it, it it's tied to the movie Inside Out, and you just kind of go up and down and around, and it's right next to Incredicoaster. So they're like, we're gonna go do Incredicoaster, but uh, yeah, so those were fun. Nice, yeah. What would you like to get better at? Mm. Two things right now. One is playing the piano. Uh, just for fun. And the other is always trying to get better at uh, being a speaker. I think I'm a pretty good speaker when I go speak to audiences, but it's the thing I really love doing. Um, it's the thing that I get most excited and passionate about, and I always want to get better at it. So um you know, one is kind of a skill that I don't have that I hope to gain. And the other is something that I'm constantly trying to improve on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, geez. Uh, I hate to say this, but I do think it would be um, invisibility. Because if you have invisibility, you can pretty much do what almost whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, but there's this Greek, old Greek story about a guy who gets uh, a ring that will make him invisible. And in, of course, it's a Greek tragedy. So in the end, he ends up killing the king, marrying the queen and becoming king. And it's kind of this look at the inner human um, spirit or human nature how much of what we do is driven by the fact that other people can see you mm -hmm. and how differently would you live if like, you know, if nobody could see you, how would you be different? If nobody could see you, do you have the, the internal moral code to not just walk into a bank and walk out with a million dollars, uh, knowing that nobody could ever see you would, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so the other one I've thought of is like, if I could pause time just to take naps, you know, like it's like <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm dead tired, but there's a lot going on. Maybe my superpower would just be the ability to pause time for half an hour, take a nap, wake up, click start and boom, we're right back at two o'clock. And then anytime I want to just pause time and take a nap, I could, or pause time to go watch a movie without having to sacrifice but i think the downside of that time i i've thought this one through a lot actually i think the downside of that superpower is is that if you pause time for everybody else it doesn't pause time for you so for every time you pause time to take a 30 minute nap now that's 30 minutes off of your life you know you're gonna die 30 minutes earlier than you would have normally because your body keeps aging anyway Mm, that's true it's, it's possible i've thought through the entire <laughs> time pausing thing for naps way too much 
<laughs> it, it like started off just like such like a, like a light like I want to I want to pause time and take a nap, and then it's just like oh it's, now it's like a little sad because I yeah think, yeah like, I thought like this could be a good movie of you know like how often are you willing to pause time for a nap knowing that I'm now thirty minutes older than I should be at this point and. You know, 30 minutes a day older, that starts to add up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It would add up for sure. Yeah. It, that's, it's funny because it doesn't seem like there would be like a price to pay for, <laughs> you know, for like that kind of like, uh, uh, that kind of superpower. Yeah. Every, right. Every, that's the, that's the downside. Every superpower, there's a price you've got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's why I, I mean, I, I, everyone, that's another question that I've asked, like, quite a few people, not everyone, but quite a few people, and I get, like, such different answers from everyone, I love it. (laughs) Because even invisibility, I say, oh, I'd be invisible. The problem with invisibility is, is that's going to expose my true nature. Yeah. Because now I can do whatever I want, and no one can see me. Yeah. Well, what is my true moral code? What's my true moral compass? How many things do I do just because somebody can see me? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, what would I, you know, am I really a person of integrity where if nobody could see me, I would still do the same things or would I just go invisible, walk into a bank, walk out with millions of dollars, never have to work again, you know, Hmm, tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) it's, it's funny that it actually is like oh yeah yeah, that's like (laughs) it's a good question yeah Yeah. all right one more question let's see oh if you could explore one one place like anywhere anything in the universe anywhere where what what would you explore oh gosh I mean, you anywhere in the universe, I think you'd want to go somewhere no place no one has ever gone before. I think you'd have to pick like Mars or I don't think I'd want to go as far as Saturn or Jupiter. Those planets don't seem all that enjoyable to explore. Uh, but I guess Mars. And then yeah. you start talking about universe, and then you're thinking like, okay, I would want to explore an it does another planet exist where that's hub uh conducive to human life would i want you know go explore that am i limiting myself to the known universe uh yeah Yeah. known universe i guess i'd say mars but if you said anywhere in the you know entire universe i'd say well get me to the unknown universe find me a a planet where human life can exist you know with uh, oxygen levels and all that type of stuff and let me go figure out if there is something else out there Mm-hmm. Or like another dimension, or like, like <laughs> yeah, like so- yeah. Give me to the multiverse or something, some weird <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man, something or other. Doctor yeah. Strange. <laughs> There's a planet where it's all superheroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so many possibilities. Well, thank you so much for being on. And uh, how can the audience find you? 
the easiest way is thejasonharwood.com. That's my website because uh, jasonharwood.com was taken. So thejasonharwood.com. <laughs> Links there for my book, for my podcast. Also to contact me if you want to uh, have me come speak at your organization or do some one-on-one work on developing, kind of creating your habit plan. Nice. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on and have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much.